explore the who, what, where, when, and why of gap years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer, and I am your host and Gap Year expert. Today, um, one of my favorite topics, uh, all about Canadian official languages and the official languages programs that exist there. I'm actually an alumni of the Explore program from many, many moons ago, um, but it is a phenomenal, phenomenal way to uh, explore languages, which are always in asset no matter what stage in life you are. Uh, so I'll share a little bit of my story and our wonderful guest today, Barbara, is here to share a little bit about her story. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Good yeah, to we're super stoked. So why don't you give us a little bit of who you are? Who are you? What are you up to these days? What does it look like in a day in the life of Barbara? All right. So, uh, yeah, right now I'm actually working for the Official Languages Program. Um, I've participated in um, their Odyssey program twice and the Explore program once. Uh, I originally, um, I don't even remember how I found out the program, but that was way back in 2015. Uh, and uh, it allowed me to get to BC. So I'm living in BC. Um, and I've gotten to have like a few road trips here and there, be it in Canada, I've done New Zealand and stuff like that. And these days now I'm working from home and, uh, training my new puppy. Oh, that's so it's, exciting. Very uh, fur ball blitz, whatever. <laughs> He's just all over. Very cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Um, yeah, I, I'm so interested in terms of what led you to, uh, to participate in the Odyssey program. What did life look pre Odyssey? Um, and what kind of tipped the scales to thinking maybe you wanted to take a little bit of a different path? Uh, so funnily enough, um, when I was, uh, doing my undergrad at uh, Guelph. Um, I, I originally wanted to be like a couples and family therapist. Uh, and so I had taken like two practicum placements. I did my first one in my third year and my second one, my fourth, but um, things weren't going the way I thought they would be. Uh, it was getting difficult to get references so I could apply to a master's program. Uh, in general, I was just really kind of sick of studying as well. Just, just the whole um, being a student life. I, it was in my fourth year, so I was really tired and ready to graduate. Uh, I don't remember how I came across the program, but I know that um, I had always wanted to go to Quebec, and I loved my grade eight Quebec trip, and um, my grad year seemed like a great time to kind of like, okay, well, if I'm just going to give up on being a therapist. Maybe I could try going to Quebec and learning French and doing all the stuff I kind of like dreamed of when I was in high school. Uh, and so at that time, I actually started looking into like ESL programs at like uh, Conestoga, Centennial or, or whatever. And um, yeah, Odyssey ended up being the program uh, of choice. 
Um, they were really accommodating. And I guess that was kind of a, a draw because for me, it would have been like my first time really, really leaving on my own. Uh, and so for some people, you know, Quebec's kind of like another country. And I thought it was like a great stepping stone. Um, I mean, yeah, I moved from like the GTA to Guelph, but I still, you know, I was still pretty accustomed to like the go bus and it was just, you know, there and back pretty easy. Um, so I thought, okay, if uh, um, I'm just going to go to Quebec, it's, it felt a bit different and like a challenge, you know, the language itself just makes everything feel so different. Um, and uh, yeah, so when I was there, I was in a rural area for um, like, uh, what, the, the nine months I was there. And um, it really kind of confirmed like, okay, I guess I'm not going to be a therapist anymore. I'm not, I'm going to go down this path. And so um, that's kind of where I was at, at that time after wanting to be couples and family and then something that I guess feels kind of different, but kind of still worked with my degree in adult development. So okay I can accept that it works <laughs> yeah I love that I love that you recognize while you're in school that you kind of had enough of being a student that that was kind of like you you'd hit your max because there are many 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 years that you can spend in school um and and pushing pause on that or deciding that you need something a little bit different in your life i think that takes a good bit of self-awareness um so i'm gonna give you a little bit of congratulations on that because there's often a lot of kind of momentum around being a student and like, well, I'm just going to keep going or I'm just going to keep doing it because I'm almost there. Or uh, if I stop, I'm never going to start again. And, and so we feel often compelled to keep going, um, even though there's a little voice inside of us, or maybe a really big voice that says, Oh, like, nope, time out. <laughs> like I need something different. So I think that's, that's right, a exactly Right. Really like everyone's like, oh, like I just before I have kids, if I have kids, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to be a student. That's exactly my thoughts when I was like, how old? I guess I would have been 21, 20 when I graduated around yeah. then. So I know I should keep going. I do it. Like I'll be in student mode. And so I totally agree. But I find it ironic that, you know, in order to leave that whole, I'm tired of being a student, I had to go on the other side of the desk. I like to say it's like actually be a teacher assistant, kind of like educating people. That's how I got to be out of being a student. Yeah. Well, when it comes to, to school, it's a very comfortable place for us because we get on in like pre-K or kindergarten or grade one even, and we do it for the majority of our formative years. So from like four years old through to 17, you're, you're in school in your hometown. And then you add on four more if you're heading to university or two more if you've got a college program or whatever that number of, of years is. So like literally 20 years of your life and like 90% of your lifetime at that point, you've been a student. So school and um, studying, like that's a very, that's a very comfortable space. And we like to be comfortable because that feels really good to us. It feels safe. Um, mm -hmm. And then when we go to, to take that step outside of our comfort zone, often we don't want to like step too far. So, so that role of teacher or, um, or TA or um, language assistant or whatever it is also kind of can feel 
like you're taking a risk and you're challenging yourself, but it's still within that realm of comfort, which I think is a really great place to start to grow as a human being and to start to like spread your wings a little bit without completely just like throwing yourself off the side of the mountain. You're kind of like throwing yourself off the anthill and you're like, okay, I can, I can do this and like bring on the mountains. Um, so I, I like that analogy of like flipping around to the other side of the desk and, and, and becoming a, a, a teacher, um, which is really, really cool. Um, but let's actually explore that a little bit more. So for people who don't know what the Odyssey program is, maybe you can kind of elaborate on what that looks like so that they can kind of put themselves in your shoes and, and, and figure out what, what it looked like and felt like to be part of that program. Um, yeah. So at that uh, time, I guess I was trying to pick up where I left off and like, uh, basically I was looking at a nine month contract, uh, living in Quebec, uh, I preferred a small town. I asked, I think I remember during my interview asking for something, something like, well, I want to be in a town where there's people like close to my age. So a university town. Um, and uh, yeah, you go into a school. So it could be like primary, secondary, or if you're, if you're in Seychep, they have like, or sorry, in Quebec, they have um, Seychep. Um, I was wanting like Seychep or secondary, but I got um secondary which is still still fine uh their school system's a bit different so that was kind of like something cool to learn about um and uh yeah it was just a pretty easy job i just played games with them and talked to them i didn't have to do like grade any tests uh i didn't have to do any of the, like, the boring teacher stuff and when i walked through the halls there's always like some kids saying oh hello madame barbara like and then they'd start talking, it could be either in French, they were trying to test if I understood what they were saying. And at that time, I don't think I was like um, totally fluent enough to even try. Um, and then, uh, yeah, otherwise they'd want to practice their English with me. Um, and yeah, I had a lot who just want to follow me around, talk in the hallways, and it was lots of fun. Um, and I found it was a, a pretty good first job out of the university. Um, at that time in 2015, it was 18 an hour. So, uh, I don't remember what minimum wage would have been around then. I think it would have been what, four? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, probably in 2015. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, it's better than minimum wage. My first job out of, uh, uh my undergrad, it seemed like the right thing to do. Uh, I drove all the way out there. And, um, since it's just like, you know, uh, school hours, just, uh, had enough time during the evenings to just go around town, uh, exploring the different cities. And um, during the weekends, I met other language assistants who, um, you know, would have been going through the same stuff as me. Were like, oh my gosh, these these francophones—they have such a different culture than us. And um, they like just these little little things that were like, oh, we don't know. Like, is this what they mean? Is that what they mean? Or the, the cool stuff, the obvious stuff that to us, that's why we were there, like, you know, going to, to learn the language and learn like the slang of the region, not the just, so I, I think um, like Quebecois French isn't that well represented in all the learning apps. So going there, learning stuff I definitely didn't hear in school, hearing the regional accents. Um, yeah, it was uh, definitely, um, it gave me more confidence in my French and just had to be more spontaneous, be more independent. Um, living with other people uh, and also kind of like solidify the fact that I didn't want to really work with uh, kids. So I definitely knew that. 
I hadn't worked with teens at that point either. So I'm like, oh, I thought they were going to be a lot more scary, but uh, they weren't as scary as I thought. Uh, and um, yeah, it, I think it was a really good stepping stone for me to, to get into the ESL world. And because of the whole Odyssey program, I, I completely changed what I was going to do. And I decided to like go teach abroad. So I thought, um, okay, if I could perfect my French and well, maybe not perfect, but like improve my French while I was living in Quebec, then surely I can go and like learn my, my mother's tongue. Um, cause my mother's Thai. So I decided like, oh, I'm going to go live in Thailand and teach English. Cause it's really fun. You get to do something you do every day, which is just speaking English. Um, but you get to share the little idiosyncrasies of your language with people who are only learning the stuff from the book. And we all know that like language learning is pretty boring in the book. Uh, so literally after my contract finished, like three weeks, I had three weeks to move from uh, Quebec back to Ontario, drop off my stuff, pack what I just needed for you know, a hot country, really. Um, and then I left to, to Thailand to go uh, teach and, and learn over there. So I find it funny that I did want to actually still be learning, but it was nice to do learning with people and learning, choosing the things I want and scheduling my own time along with my work time. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that led me somewhere else. It was a good program to, to really start, like just, just to do something different um, with the language. Even if you're not like interested in language, it's like a nice break to just have something paid as well as a yeah. solid salary yeah and i think that's important here so let's just clarify so this is a program that you can do that is a paid language assistant so you're not you don't have to be a teacher to do it um oh, absolutely not. you don't even need to be a bachelor's of education or ece nothing like that and that's people who are well yeah so you don't have to be a teacher you, you can do it um out of school how old do you have to be uh, technically there's no real age limit. Yeah. Uh, I think they do the minimum like first year of university or college, like first year of post-secondary and for Quebec, it would be like stage up, I think. Yeah. Just, okay. I think that helps filter out the age thing. But as far as maximum goes, I don't see a maximum. This really has more to do with, uh, when your last degree was. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it's paid. So that's important for people to, to know very clearly that it's a paid job. Um, and you can go across um, Canada. And you said that you had to go, you, you obviously went to a French speaking community and you were, you were assistant for English. Um, now, how, how good was your French or how good does your French have to be? Uh, that's the thing. Um, so I've participated twice, right? So the first time I would have, I don't know who, who listening to this will know like levels or stuff, but I mean, I've done core Ontario French up till grade 12. And I was a pretty good student. I was in, you know, straight A's, that kind of stuff. Um, and so I think my French was whatever it would be at grade 12 for like a straight A student. Yeah. Um, I think that's like B1 or B2 if you're in the health world. Um, and, uh, even when I was there, I didn't find that I always needed uh, a lot of French. Cause if you think about your daily chores and daily life, it's like, go to work and then go, maybe go to the bank if you need to, but now that's online. Um, but it's like going for groceries. It's like, you're always doing a lot of that basic conversation at the beginning. So it really didn't matter too much. 
um, how much. It's like, if you really want to improve, that's when you have to like really push yourself to go join clubs and go meet people um, ever, every way you could try and really befriend people at the school, but you don't need um, uh, a high level of French because that's what you're gonna go learn. Uh, and luckily I learned enough while I was there that my level of French is, is good enough that I could actually participate in the French program of the French half of the program. So I, I think uh, the bilinguals out there should definitely know that because they're bilingual, that then opens the whole country up to them. Like they can participate in both halves. It's not, uh, some people actually think that the, the program's only for English speakers to go to Quebec. But no, there's English speakers can go to Quebec or New Brunswick because there are Francophones in New Brunswick. And then Francophones can go into the Anglophone places. And if you're bilingual, it's all over. And I, that includes the North too. We had somebody go to, like I, I know people go to the Yukon. So if you want to see the Northern Lights. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's, it's such an incredible experience for people to get those, those paid positions and to get some experience and to build independence, getting out of your hometown and moving out and um, having your, your first like real job. I think that's, it's such a, a monumental piece for you as you uh, explore who you're going to become. And for some people like you, it really kind of sets you on a path for a career. Now you said you also participated in the Explore program. Can you give us like the 20 second, 30 second version of what the Explore program is all about? All right, so Explore basically, uh, depending on your age, it's like a three week or five week immersion course. So we're looking at it, it's probably five weeks. Uh, and you're just gonna go basically to one of the universities or colleges in Canada for five weeks. You can be with others who are in the same boat as you. They wanna learn French. Uh, you'll learn in some formal classes in the morning. So I had some like phonetics classes and grammar classes. And then in the afternoon, you'll have like workshops and some activities. So for me, I had uh, an improv workshop, um, which led to our uh, end of program improv uh, um, show where everybody came to watch you. Uh, and then you have like just activities like cooking or yoga that, you know, normally that you watch that in English, but you in this case, you would just be doing it in French. And um, yeah, it's uh, funded by the government. So I was really happy that I could participate because I did during my master's. So any kind of student, doesn't matter PhD, um, high schooler, bachelor's, as long as you have the time and, and can squeeze in that five weeks. I would definitely say it's worth it. And you also become eligible if you're an Odyssey participant within the last two years. So I might be applying this month. I'm not sure. Oh. I have to make that commitment. Might go again. <laughs> oh, amazing. I didn't know that. There you go. So it's nice. It's a nice little feedback loop where you can uh, you can stay within the programming for a while, which is awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I love it. Okay. And so, so you're, you kind of got a lot of skills out of this and it really shaped your career. Can you tell us just a wee bit more um, about what some of those skills were that you've kind of carried forward and how you've ended up where you are now? Um, so definitely the biggest one is just like, um, I think the French, um, because uh, with everything that's been going on in the world right now, having wanting to go into ESL, it's been nice to have French as my backup for teaching FSL. So that's how, when I couldn't find a job in ESL in Canada, I was able to go and teach French in BC. And so that was a great backup. Uh, having French has also allowed me to have my current job, which is promotion agent actually for the program. 
So I can talk about it and talk on the phone with people. I can do the interviews um, in French or in English, and that's really helpful. Uh, and then at that time, I think it, the, it gave me a lot of confidence because suddenly I was no longer the one being managed by teachers. I was now the one managing the students. And so um, having to like, uh, you know, not, not discipline, but you know, just like keep things in check. So my activity would be nice uh, for everyone. So it's no fun if nobody's following the rules and then people are flipping boards and doing whatever they want. So just trying to find a good balance and actually like finding the confidence to say, hey, I'm I'm the adult in the room. That was something I kept repeating myself a lot. I'm the adult in the room. I'm responsible for these children or these teenagers and what happens to them right now and their learning. Uh, so give me the confidence to like manage groups of, of youth uh, and then just kind of like be on my own uh, and try and find out how to get to places even though I don't really understand or totally 100% understand what's going on around me. I feel comfortable enough to continue walking in, into the snow or into the store or wherever I'm going, asking for directions. And then I was able to bring that on to my journeys elsewhere and then continue like, it was just snowball effect after that. Uh, and I keep coming back. So <laughs> there's always more to be learned from, from these programs, that's for sure. That's so incredible. Ready? All right, so this sounds almost too good to be true. It must be extremely complicated to get into, right? No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's uh, pretty straightforward. So if people are listening and saying, hey, um, I'm looking for a job and I speak English and I'd be interested in being part of this Odyssey program or, hey, I would love to learn more French and I've got five weeks and this Explore program feels like it might be for me. Where or how does that, what is what are those application processes look like? Uh, so basically, everything is on the same website. Uh, when I applied for Odyssey, it was like uh, snail mail. So uh, they've gone electronic now <laughs> in 2021. Uh, they're definitely electronic. Uh, you just go on their website. There's a bunch of apply now buttons. You click those. And just, you know, the typical um, make your profile kind of ordeal. Uh, you just have to, for Odyssey, you just have to um, be able to prove like that you've completed that first year. So it might be your, your transcript or unofficial one or a diploma. So you just need to show that level of education. Uh, and then a CV, because it's a job. All jobs need a CV. They want to know like what you're capable of, what you've already done. Uh, and then before you know it, you'll be in an interview. Um, so it's not too difficult to apply to, pretty typical, I'd like to say. And um, with Explore, uh, you'll have to actually um, submit like a, your birth certificate or passport, just something to show that you're either a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident. Uh, I think I must have submitted my, my birth certificate and just scan that, take a picture, whatever, and upload it. Uh, and then they want to know that you're a student. So again, you can show like some sort of transcript um, or unofficial one or enrollment letter. Um, I, for me, I think I just like took a screenshot of, uh, my, my transcript and on the, the student portal and just put that in there. Uh, and it's a draw. So, I mean, I was pretty open to whatever was going on. Um, whatever I would get, I was ready to go anywhere. Um, so the more open you are, I hear it uh, increases your chances a lot easier because then you have more options. There's a pro uh, tip for you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you can keep reapplying as long as you're students. So if you start when you're 13, you can keep going right to the end of your PhD. If you're somebody who's going to be taking that, that, 
the educational course. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's wonderful. It's yeah, perfect. So easy peasy, um, great options for our listeners out there, people who are watching this. Um, uh, incredible programs, uh, and I would highly, highly encourage you to consider this and to apply and to make the most of the resources that are available. I think we are extremely lucky here in Canada to have programs like this that allow us to develop our second languages and support other people in their um, their their understanding of Canada's official languages. Uh, so definitely check it out. Um, and thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story and some of your experience. Uh, it's always so powerful to have alum of the program sharing what it was all about for them. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great to talk. I always love, you know, reminiscing. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you get back to training that adorable puppy of yours. And thanks for coming on the show. <laughs>